Welcome to Merrickville. Well, on Saturday, Lawrence Mooney and I went to the football together and both of us are back together on Monday after the event. So, uh, fair to say, no arrest, no charges laid. So, no charges laid. Be a successful weekend. weekend. Pretty big weekend of footy. The Swannies were awesome and uh, then some real close matches too in the NRL. Yeah. A lot of footy on, but that's not what we're going to be talking about in this hour. <laughs> you guys just what? had it so... Blokey, yeah, football. There was some big, big games. Big games, footy. Some big games and big results. It was. Well, it was finals footy. It was good. Oh, it was, listen to Liam with all these results. Yeah, oh, he loved it. He loves Did you footy. love Michael Morgan's field goal? Did loved you? it. Loved it. Morgs. The yeah. Shark supporters, not so much. Ooh. Ooh. Ronaldo, reigning premiers, mm. out the back door. Oh, Hurts a lot. I can... I can... I can Empathise with you because the bombers got pants royally. They did. The swans yeah. actually did things to them that only a proctologist would be allowed to do. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but the swans took the bombers' temperature in a way that is not. Yeah. You normally see in veterinary science. Yeah, you know what I mean? Doesn't make it right. Mate. <laughs> I'm glad we got here. I'm glad we, this is where we're, we're going. Gonna... Even in the first song, we're breaking new ground. We really are. Ooh, it's Monday, Sydney. Great to have your company. Lawrence Mooney back in the co-host seat today and looking forward to entertaining you for the next hour or so. Then after that, after Loz is gone, I'll probably give up a bit, but we'll see <laughs> See how I go after five. Who knows? I might do mm. something entertaining. Can't promise that. Uh, Loz, very interesting story. This is a local story from Mosman. Uh, a, a Mossman mm. housemate was advertising um, on social media. Oh, yeah, uh, I saw this. Yeah. He was looking for a mm. flatmate. Now, uh, a woman responded to his call out for a flatmate, you know, like room for space, uh, for, for rent, you know, got a space here, um, got a room, it's up for rent. And no smokers, no pets allowed. I'm yep. vegetarian, but I'm open-minded. Yeah, what well, do you do with vegetables, mate? <laughs> um, what, like how open-minded? Ooh. 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 Uh, but he wrote, he declared in his, uh, in his advertorial, he said, okay. I have a very bold condition. Uh, to which the woman said, oh, okay, um, what's that? And he said, flatmates with benefits. Oh, well, you creep. No, that's flatmates. You can't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't there's always, there's always a knock on the door and, you know, you either get invited in for a couple of cones and... Uh... Oh, are you awake? <laughs> I just, I just, oh, I was just wondering if you wanted to have a glass of Moselle. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sal... I'm, Sal, I'm, Sal, I'm, I'm, I'm having some bad dreams. I've had a bad dream. I'm cold. <laughs> I've wet the bed. I've wet the bed, but it, it's weird. It's just, I just, you know what? I could just, I just could just do it with a cuddle. Just a cuddle. Yeah, no, I just want a cuddle. Weird, just a cuddle. <laughs> nothing will happen. Let's just cuddle naked for a bit, and nothing will happen. <laughs> You um, can't do it. Not with your housemates. It's full of danger. You can't cross that line. It's the Rubicon. I was warned. As I was moving out of home, my mum said, do not sleep with your housemates like you've slept with everyone in this house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, don't, don't sleep with your housemates. It'll just complicate matters. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I did not listen to that advice. One. No. Did you, did you with, with a housemate, have you been, because I mean, most people have been in a share house situation at some mm. stage. You know, certainly I've I've been in a share house situation with some people before, but uh, I never slept with them except for my girlfriend, which I obviously regret enormously now. <laughs> that was a horrible mistake, but we were doing it before we got into the house, and we should have stopped it when we you got into share the house. house. You share housed with your girlfriend and a, and another person. That was that's it, always bad. I was the it's dumbest the other thing. person. It was the dumbest. It was the worst of because they are listening to you fight or fornicate, and Just, none of those things are good. That's that's all we ever did. 
We only yeah. fought or we fornicated, and it was like, or sometimes I'd do both, and she wouldn't even be there. I'd yeah. get angry with myself. <laughs> yeah. then, then I'd oh, make yeah. up with myself as well. I'd go, you know what? Solo angry sex, just <laughs> yeah, screaming just, at yourself. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Don't treat again. me like this. Okay, what do you, how do you like? Why? Well, it's just getting too weird. <laughs> it's a weird they it's a, will pull to, the plug today. Yes. <laughs> I just felt that there was a warning <laughs> yeah. coming into the back of my head beep, there. Beep, beep, beep. Okay. Uh, but you can't, you can't do that. You can't have that transgression where you sleep with your housemate because there's oh, the yeah. awkwardness after that if you do. Uh, me and Kath never even addressed it ever again. We're still actually, you know, friends, but uh, we've never mentioned. Can I ask you some details? How long were you living? Sure. How long did, were you friends with before you moved in? I childhood friends, like grew up together. Right. Okay. And then we moved. We all moved out together uh, back in. Oh, I think it was the late eighties. Yep. And so you know, it was first share house. We were living together for probably. A couple of years, and then there was a massive party, and wow, it got past a couple of years before yeah, you guys. Couple, so it was there was a great deal of familiarity and and um, you know, intervarsity spirit, if you will. Oh, look out! <laughs> I wasn't going to university. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but but you had a bit of spirit you wanted to share around. <laughs> no, and uh, you know, one thing just led to another. How uh, how how did one thing lead to another? This is what I want to know. I'll. You had a party. You're having a party yeah. at your place, yeah. Yeah, and I think when we went to bed at the end of that party, there was more party than to be had. Three people in my bed. Oh, what? Because <laughs> let's just say all the other beds were broken. Okay. In all of the other houses in all of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a menage a moon. Yeah, it was just, it was just a sleepover. Just okay. a sleepover. And there was a lot of people in the one room. I don't know why no, you're searching Liam. for this extra detail, Mary. Liam, <laughs> I think we yeah. can I think figure we know out why. We're all because I live my life vicariously you, through others. Yeah. Can you button up your shirt, please, Mary? Make <laughs> 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 me feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, let's make let's make everybody feel uncomfortable. One triple three five three. Give us a call. And tell us your stories about when neighbours or flatmates, flatmates count as neighbours, housemates, neighbours, flatmates, when neighbours, flatmates become more than just good friends. Loz, I got Lo- a little, I've, I've made a little intro yeah, for this, Lawrence, this is how into this topic yeah. Merrick is. He oh, went God. and did this Worked before this the show. All day. Worked on this one. That's when good neighbours become sexual interests. Don't bouncer, get out of there. <laughs> Not you, bouncer. Not you, I, Mrs. I said, Mangle. Yeah. Oh, put your clothes on. I said everybody. I didn't say Harold. Oh, Harold. Take it out of there, Harold. That's wow, a they are a massive set, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> bouncer, get out of there. <laughs> One triple three five three. Stop licking it, bouncer. What oh, is Mrs. Mangle? Mrs. Sorry. Mangle. <laughs> what are we asking? Don't for? bury the bone. <laughs> when your neighbours or your flatmates have become sexual friends. Yes, oh, when they wow. become in- sexual interest. One triple three five three. When you've crossed that line, how did it happen? What was it? Was it a party like Moon Man? What happened when a neighbour or a flatmate became more than Mary just that? One hundred four point nine triple M. Talking about a guy who placed an ad for a flatmate in Mossman, and he requested flatmates with benefits because that's what he wanted, because I'd better be careful about what I say legally here. That's what he wanted. But it's, he wanted. it sparked this uh, talkback topic, hasn't it, Lawrence? 
That's when good neighbors become sexual interests. Yeah, just come in here. This is the spare room in here. Oh, Dr. Carl and Toadfish, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, Tony! This toadfish yeah. Rebecca. Just, just have it. Just have this. Just come up to Lassiter's. Paul's, okay. mi- Paul's Mr. Drink that you might like. It's a Rohypnol and Coke. I mean, it's oh, a. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's bourbon and Coke. Not Rowie. Oh, yeah. Not Rowie. Oh, Lassiter's is good. Oh, why is Scott Robinson having a spasm on the dance floor? <laughs> Lawrence and Merrick spent that entire song Googling Neighbours references. (laughs) (laughs) Amazingly, we've got a lot of calls. We have. Amazingly. Because it's fun. Okay, let's get us some calls about when that relationship. Our first caller is Carla Bonner. No. (laughs) Oh, wow, that is niche. We're taking calls on 13353 about when that relationship, that housemate relationship has changed into something more. Uh, of course, if you've ever flattered with Lawrence Mooney, that takes two <laughs> years, which surprises all of us. That I'm that slow long. burn. Yeah, you are. But I mean, you deliver the goods in the yeah, end. Get that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart in Mount Annan. G'day, mate. G'day, Mary's. G'day, Mooney. How are you, hey. brother? All right. You've had, oh. you've had a, a share house situation that's gone a little further? Yeah, well, it actually started with friends with benefits, and then we became uh, housemates. Hmm. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. So you, yeah. you just moved it closer together, right? You cut out the travel. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, we only lived a suburb apart in the first place, but yeah, it just made life a lot easier, particularly on a lonely Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> and did, did, was there was there a fair exchange? Like, were you knocking on one another's door, or were you always just begging? Yeah. No, no, no. She'd knock on my door as often as I'd knock on hers. Mm. So you lived, otherwise you'd lived ostensibly as, you know, two individuals. So you weren't a couple, but you decided that you were just, it was just easier to be, uh, you know, housemates with benefits. Yeah. And then um, her her girlfriend moved in. Then we got another guy in and they ended up hooking up together. Really? Yeah. Something in the water that you're making for them, Stuart? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it might have just been, yeah, yeah. Right. Living down in the Shire just did that to us, oh, honey. Oh, yeah, the Shire. Oh, right. Right. That yeah. is crazy. <laughs> shire people love it. That's it. Oh, yeah. Anyone that backs a Cronulla just loves it. They just... <laughs> that is sick for it. I would say sick for it. Thank you, mate. Let's get to Steve in Liverpool. Hello, Steve. G'day, mate. Hey, boys. How are you? Very good. All, All right. right, mate. You've uh, you've had a situation where a housemate's become a bit more than a housemate? Uh, yeah, 100%. We had a bit of a weird uh, relationship or an arrangement. So uh, we were basically um, next-door neighbours and um, uh, we shared the same kind of flat. So we were on the same level and um, there's a communal you know, laundry that we'd uh, obviously do our laundry in. And uh, we met there hanging out our laundry. And um, basically, uh, I, I think it was maybe a ploy on her half because uh, the amount of clothes that she'd left in my house, I ended up washing those and hanging them out for her. Oh, oh right. right. So officially, Washable. no legal snow dropping is what it is. Uh, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I mean, a, I got stuck it in there. You'd, you'd normally, normally as a neighbour, you'd be charged with that sort of thing, but you've got consent, so that's uh, that's when good, <laughs> good. neighbours <laughs> become sexual interests. Oh, that's so nice, Helen. Where did you learn that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What about Madge? Did you ever come over and see your undies? 
Oh, have we got another call there, Liam? Oh, yeah, we do. Dennis, you're that? not invited. You're wanna, always too rough. I just want to check if you guys are done. <laughs> you got one more? Dennis, you're oh. rough. Stop it. Des, you're drunk. Go home. Okay. Ryan from Oyster Bay. Hello, Hello Ryan. Hello. Hey, Ryan. Did you have a neighbour or a flatmate that became a sexual friend? Uh, yeah, mate. Uh, back when I was living with a um, mate of mine, we had another girl living with us and um, just sort of bounced around from room to room. Oh, okay. They, uh, my mate and her were sleeping together. Yeah. They'd have a fight when he knew that I'd been a little bit lonely, intentionally kick her out of the room, and she'd come crying to me. And then I'd, do, I'd turn around and do the exact same thing back. Oh, oh so, so I don't want to say pass the parcel because that makes it sound like, no, you know, it's it a possession of... No. No, 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 no. But it's no, also parcel. dehumanising. Parcel's but, bad, yep. Dehumanising. Yeah. But uh, she sounds uh, terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find another adjective. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to try Tremendous. again, Lost? There you go. Yep. Tremendous. Okay. Let's get to Phil in Chatswood. Hello, Phil. How you going, guys? Very good, mate. All right. You've had a, a, a living situation that has become yeah. more than that, yeah? Unlike your previous caller, I didn't have to share. Mm. Had okay. them all to myself. Mm. Uh, two naturopaths studying naturopathy. Mm. So there's lots of aromatherapy and massage going on. I love so they had to test it out on someone, didn't they? Yep, Phil. But, you Phil, know, that's they obviously you. bought. Yeah, that was me, and they brought the whole class in. So I was pretty worn out. In fact, I was exhausted. Oh, uh, keeping it, keep, keep, keeping, keeping it going was just was hard work. Really hard work. Phil, we are silent in admiration <laughs> Phil, that you have. <laughs> You worked your way through an aromatherapy school. <laughs> I did. I did. I'd, I had the upstairs room, and it was just like, you know, tag teams. Tag teams, yeah. It, is there a video? Killing me. Uh, no, okay. Killing right. me. Before we finish this Phil, up. He... Phil, no, Phil, tell me you're making this up, because if not, you've genuinely hurt Loz and I. This is not I can fair. smell the lavender now, oh, Phil. Oh, can't you? Oh, he's got mm. a bit, no, I think... no, no, I, no. I keep going being pestered by a mate of mine to continue to tell, uh, tell the stories yeah. over and over again. Yeah. I was kind of like his, his, uh, his own penthouse, what do you call it? Yeah. Letters. Uh, letters forum. to the other forum, forum section. Forum. Yeah, dear yeah, forum. forum, dear forum. forum. Apparently that's perfect. what it's called. I don't know. Maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's called forum. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not familiar with the term. But, um, you, I never believe published. this or not, but it really happened. But I was, when I was living with naturopaths, blah, blah, blah. It's exactly mm. how it really mm. went. Oh. Right now, Phil, of course, has got some sandalwood himself. So. <laughs> 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 do, you, do you two want one more go yes, at this? One more go. one more go at this. That's when good neighbours become sexual interests. Bouncer, get out of there! Charlene, just come in for a glass of Moselle. Yeah. What, hey, what are you guys doing? Do you want to do? Do you not want to do aromatherapy? <laughs> what is Madge always got the musk oil? Oh, it's not. Hey, it's not hey, musk Merrick. oil. Hey, Merrick. Come over here. Get your Help me out with me sandalwood. <laughs> Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick, 
I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Loz, you and I were at uh, the Swans game at the SCG on Saturday mm. afternoon and we were having a couple of beers and somebody else, uh, another, I would say minor celebrity, he's not quite as <laughs> big, uh, but he happened to be there having beers as well. The 29th Prime Minister of Australia, Malcolm Bly Turnbull, was there with his grandchild, Alice, Daisy's daughter, and uh, he was just having a good time, just hanging out like we were. Mm. And if we had grandchildren, we'd be doing the same. Yep. Uh, but there has been a rush to outrage, which I think is often concocted by, you know, the commercial media so they can get a reaction to Clickbait. that. Clickbait. But um, I think he's been unfairly treated. So let's find out how he's feeling in Malcolm's voicemail. Hello, it's the Prime Minister Malcolm Bly Turnbull speaking. And I'm furious. I was at the Swannies game on Saturday enjoying a beer and being a doting grandfather. I posted a shot saying, multitasking. And then every snide, sniping, slithering, shadow-dwelling, quick-to-outrage fiend, troll and wowser took a shot. Well, I can tell you this. I've got a life. Why don't you get one? Tell me what you think and leave a f- message. <laughs> Oh, hello, uh, Prime Minister. It's Rudy Vanderstone, uh, the stereotypical Dutchman from Merrickville here. I don't have any grandchildren uh, because my daughter Chloe is a separatist lesbian who doesn't want to bring children into this evil world. And uh, my son Benny has been in and out of rehabs with his drugs problem. He took some uh, pinkers at a music festival and opened some doors in his mind that he can't quite shut. So anyway, I thought sharing a beer with your granddaughter is beautiful. It's Rudy. Oh, hi, Mr. Turnbulls. That is a beautiful photo, Mr. Turnbulls, of a beautiful grandfather and his beautiful granddaughter, Jackie Lambie, speaking, Mr. Turnbulls. That brought back some beautiful memories for me when my dad would take me down to the pub most nights. I was weaned on bogues, Mr. T. He had a, my dad had a rubber boob inside his shirt that he used to suckle me on. And it hasn't done me any harm, has it? Did it? Who? It's Jackie. It's Lazarus! I'm bloody incensed on your behalf, Turnbull. I mean, don't think that I like you or anything, but bloody hell, can't a man have a beer and rock a grandchild? A cup of tea would have actually been more dangerous. Not comedy, just actually a rational point to make in the face of do-good criticism. <laughs> Rip into a couple of scooies and you, your Nancy pants for Lazarus! <laughs> <laughs> so much. It made me quite sentimental and it gave me quite a yearning to be rocked. Will you rock me, Malcolm, in your arms like a baby, Malcolm? Oh, I don't mind if you drink beer either. You can spill some on me, pour it on me, saturate me, Malcolm, spray me, soak me, wet me down, flood me. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a lovely photo. It's Pino. <laughs> Lawrence Mooney with me this afternoon. Uh, mm. Great to have your company. Um, this is very interesting. Hurricane Irma, which is just devastated. Uh, the Caribbean and, of course, moved on to the mainland of the United States and around the peninsula of uh, Florida there, has um, come up against an interesting foe in itself. Now, it's obviously a formidable mm. weather event. Sixth biggest storm event to hit the United States in its history. So huge. Yeah, but but it wasn't expecting to come up against Ryan Edwards, a 22-year-old from Florida, who has... Oh, well, he's just going, oh, Hurricane Irma, you want to come to Florida and you want to make a mess of my town and my people? 
I don't think you realise that I've got a firearms licence. So what um, Ryan's done is he started up a Facebook event page, got 46,000 like-minded halfwits together, (laughs) and then went out and started shooting the hurricane (laughs) with guns. (laughs) Hold on. If it's a hurricane, aren't the bullets... Getting in there and yeah. just coming straight back straight out. Straight back out. out. Yeah, there's every there's every chance that if you shoot a bullet into the eye of a hurricane, it will spit it back out in your face. So some good old boys from Florida. Yeah. From Miami got together. <laughs> Come on, boys, get your guns. Yeah. I'm getting in the pickup truck. We're gonna go shoot the hurricane. Get out of here, hurricane. Tell you you're, what, not, you're not from around here. That hurricane there, them clouds look dark. They're dark clouds. I wouldn't shoot no white clouds, but They're I don't no like Bob. them dark clouds. The, the Pasco Sheriff uh, had to send out a message uh, on all social medias and an official announcement saying, to clarify, do not shoot weapons at Irma. Oh, thanks! You won't make it turn around, and it will have very dangerous side oh, effects thanks. with a graphic attached which showed that the bullets are a chance to turn around and come back. When I has know. anyone ever stopped a weather event with a firearm? <laughs> I'm going to try. I know what well, I know. I know why they call it Irma. Irma gonna get out of here. <laughs> That's my joke. Where are you from? You're from overseas. It's a foreigner. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it in jail. You got. We got three types of firearms here. We got a rifle. Mm-hmm. We got a shotgun. Yep. And we, we got a bazooka. Yeah. And Cletus, 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 Cletus is making a flamethrower now because mm. one thing I know about weather, weather don't like flame. So he right. he just burned his sister to death in a horrible oh. accident <laughs> whilst inventing a flamethrower. Take on right. Mother Nature. Gonna we're going to shoot the hurricane, gonna and shoot. then we're going to go and do play banjo. You're going to play in banjo, and I'm going to mate with a relative. <laughs> I'm going to find... That's right. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go and bath Cletus for seven hours. I'm going to, I'm going to wear a badger as American. You know how's what your, I'm... How's your southern accent there, Lee? <laughs> I feel like you two have run out of stereotypes. What? Are you what? kidding? Wow. Hang on. That's racist in itself. Just that we can't racially profile people we've never met. That's racist, Liam, and we won't have that. Okay, all right. I'll drop the bad choice. I'm going to... I'm going to... Oh, you're back into it. Okay, sorry. I'm going to get me... (laughs) I'm going to get me an extra tropical weather vein, Um, damn, and hang it on the wall when I shoot it there. (laughs) Remember when... I'm going to to get me a snapping turtle. (laughs) I'm going to get a snapping turtle from the swamp down the bayou, and I'm going to attach it to the front of my pants. Lawrence, when that hurricane come, I'm going to give it an old-fashioned dick biting. Oh. Lawrence, remember when you said, tell Merrick to get his southern accent ready, because we'll mm. talk about this on the show. Is this where you imagined it would go? This sounds like he's Peter Dutton impersonation. <laughs> I'm Peter Dutton. No, I'm Peter Dutton. I'm Cletus Dutton. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new character. Cletus Dutton, the brother. (laughs) I'm going to shoot the hurricane right in the eye Uh, of its penis. (laughs) 
sorry. It's enough. Yeah, there's a timeout from the producer. Okay. Oh, it's always the best way to finish an hour of radio with Lawrence Mooney when we're told to. Yeah. Lots <laughs> good to catch you, mate. I'll see you again on Thursday. I'll see you in the month. Well, warmer temperatures are being experienced, and it's to blame, apparently, for a shark washing up on Manly Beach uh, this afternoon. It was incredible. Uh, Dan, uh, it was a bloke at Manly. Uh, he saw it as, as a witness, and he gave us a bit of a chat and uh, told us that he thought it was a beached mako shark. But we're now led to believe that it was, in fact, a juvenile white mm. shark, a great white, white a little one. And uh, we've actually got some audio. This is Rob Townsend from the Manly Aqu- Aquarium. Aquarium, yep. Yeah, everyone's pretty excited. Um, there's probably a couple of hundred people here watching. It's not every day you get a chance to see a white shark. We're just going to give it the next couple of hours in the pool here to see if it regains its strength because obviously we'd much rather see it out in the ocean. Mm. We would really like to get it on a boat so that we can get it way out to sea into some nice deep water mm. to recover. When he says pool, that's, of course, at Rob's house. Uh, <laughs> he's just taking... No, it was, of course, at the uh, the beach pool there, the ocean pool. And uh, so, basically, they got this little shark off the beach, put it in the pool, kind of nursed it back to mm. health. Probably grey nursed it back to health. Oh, yeah, specifically. Yeah, very good. Bang, hey? yeah, that was good. I know a lot about yeah. sharks, Liam. Yes. Because my son, Wolfie, is absolutely obsessed Not as with much as your, as your son, though. What? You don't know as much about sharks as I, your son. I reckon he would probably know more about sharks than I do. He mm. loves them. He absolutely loves them. But as a result, I, just give me a just random just give me a random question about sharks. I bet I can answer it. Just anything. Just anything. I know it's not an official quiz. Just give me a, a question. I bet I can. Oh, he's got music, but no questions. That's a good start. Approximately, how many species of shark are there? Oh, that's a shit question, Liam. Why would you ask me that on the spot? I'm going to say. 312 sharks. 500 plus. That's all right. It's not that bad. Do you, no, know, that there, right. do you know there's a shark called the goblin shark? And you know, why it's, you know why it's called a goblin shark? Oh, who's doing this quiz? I've changed it. <laughs> changed the quiz. No, it's just now. Q&A, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did not know about the goblin shark. Tell me about the goblin shark. It gobbles you up. No, it doesn't. It's, oh, it, that it, is it, looks a... like, it actually looks like a goblin, but it has like this kind of... Um, rostrum almost the top of its head and it's got like a pointy bit off the top of its head like a like an aircraft carrier that goes off the top of its head it's a goblin shark so it's like a that music's dramatic <laughs> that went a bit Star Wars at the end that, didn't that, it that, that music's that music's far more dramatic <laughs> than, than for what I'm partnering with with conversationally um uh, okay, what's the sixth sense, the the receptor what? Hold that the on, shark you're, has? so you're asking me shark yeah, questions well, because your now. questions were dumb what? unless you get a good one for me you go, alright, one for one go this is not how we plan the show, by the way. No. But if you're listening, good on you. Go. Uh, what kills more people annually? Falling coconuts or sharks? Coconuts. Coconuts, which is why we need to go out and kill them. Kill you're the coconuts. Correct. You're correct. Falling. Yeah, you know why? Because people sleep underneath coconut trees and coconuts have a tendency to fall. Bang! Kills people. Okay. And sharks don't kill that many people. Okay. All right, my question now. Right. What's the uh, what's the name of the re- of the sensor receptors that sharks use as their sixth sense, the electronic receptors? Oh, I don't know. Who... Ah, Ampule Lorenzini. A, I don't know. B, I don't care. Ampule Lorenzini. Okay. No, he just did the last hour with us. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid to learn something. They're little pits in their nose. That's why if you punch them in the nose, it confuses them.
and their sensory. But you know that the sharks oh. change their senses as they go, so they don't use them all at once. They can't because it's a sensory overload. So they literally just kind of mm-hmm. use them patterned, mm-hmm. and as they get closer, do you they know who? Do you know who'd be loving this? No one. People in no their cars one, no driving home, just no going, one. People, yeah. People are Shark literally, facts. you know what people are doing? They're going, you know what? I'm going to live here from now on just so I can get out of my car. That's what they're doing. Shark facts. So, so what are we doing again? Oh, that's right. Well. Oh, no, no. We're talking about sharks. Sharks are great. Oh, here's the thing about sharks, right? Is I'm petrified by the bastards. I hate them. I have mm. I have swum with them in uh, Port Lincoln in South Australia in a cage. Yep. Man, it was awesome. Mm. It was, I, I hate them. and I, I'm petrified of sharks. But I was the first one into the cage, and at the end of the day, I was the last one out. I loved you're it. Basically, a hero. Mate, I loved it. Yeah. I, it was something about once you're in the water with them, you do realise that they are massive. See, I'd love like to go size of a car. I'd love to go and do the shark diving. Except I've now seen that video online where the shark ends up inside the cage. Yeah, they can. So do I that. can never go. Yeah, well, you're right though too, because you're only fun size. You're not like you know. Mm, the, the I'd sharks be a want snack. a whole meal. Yeah, they want yeah. a whole meal. They that want... juvenile up at Manly could have swallowed me whole. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And mm-hmm. then some. Yeah. But I want to take some calls on one triple three five three. Give us your great shark encounters because I've I, I know people have you know have been around them and obviously we live in a harbour city. People experience it and they see them. You know maybe you've been you've had a brush with one. Mm. Maybe one's bitten your surfboard. There's a bloke um up in uh, Byron. Byron. Yeah, in Byron Bay on the weekend. Beach. Yeah. Mm. He got bitten by a shark, then drove himself to hospital just to prove he was full blooded Australian. Yeah. He drove himself to shark hospital. Shark came up underneath him, snapped the board in half, grazed his leg, and then he body surfed the wave in. What a bloody legend. See, part of me kind of wants to have been involved in a horrific shark attack. Yeah. Because, oh, God, we would never hear the end of it. You'd never hear the end we of it. We would never. Your show never would be shark renamed shark Merrick and the Time He Survived a Shark Attack. Oh, for sure. Can you imagine if I was Mick Fanning, how utterly painful oh. I'd be? Like, I'm painful at this level, yeah? At this level, yeah? Almost intolerable at this level. Imagine if I'd survived a hero event like that. You haven't. Just, I would hate me. You haven't survived a shark attack, and yet no. you've been speaking for three minutes about a hypothetical shark attack. But I was in a cage, and if the cage wasn't there, I would have been in very close proximity to their yeah. area and their natural habitat. One triple three five three. give us a call with your great shark encounters. Maybe you've had a run-in with a shark, and you want to tell us about it. Maybe it bumped you off the surfboard. Maybe... You, and if it's really good, Merrick might pinch it as his own story for, probably, future, for future references. I probably will. I might even give an impromptu shark quiz. Merrickville. 104.9. Triple M. Here comes the money. Sorry, no. I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. The next billion seconds are the most important in human history as technology transforms the way we live and work. The smartphone, barely a decade old, has given billions access to information and capacities they've never had before. It's changing what we can do, and it's changing the shape of the future. So what does that future look like? Hi, I'm Mark Pesci, the host of The Next Billion Seconds, a new show on Podcast One. Join me as I speak to some of the brightest minds shaping that world, the people who are spending their lives forming that future. We'll hear about their work in helping shape those next billion seconds. Listen at podcastone.com.au or on the Podcast One app. Doing a bit of shark talk. Yeah. 
That's right. Nobody else would be game enough to do it. But we are. We are your shark most people, station of choice. We're not talking about the Cronulla shows. We're just talking about sharks in general. Most people are too scared to go in the water. You and I. <laughs> not us. Jumping straight in. Straight hey, into this. Now, we're talking about it because uh, there's a shark up in the pool at Manly. Yep, yep. yep that's right. It was uh, washed up on the beach, and they chucked it in the ocean pool there to nurse it, grey nurse it, back to health, <laughs> and then they'll release it. Um, maybe a side of chips and some lemon. Oh, that's yeah. a, of course it's a lemon shark. Ah, Boom! Yeah. very good, very good. Yeah, apparently there's a topless bather there. All right, by. yeah, yep. a couple of white pointers there. Um, yeah, bang! <laughs> oh, it was actually no the shark third goes. shark that had on the beach this week, which meant really? that it got bronze. Whaler. Oh, <laughs> nice. Thanks. Good. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, before we do have some people calling through, okay. but before you get, I've got a shark question for you because okay, for some reason you just Unofficial made this shark a shark quiz. quiz. Yeah. Unofficial right. shark quiz. Here we go. Which one of these sharks is not a real type of shark? The six. Paul Gallon. <laughs> <laughs> the six gill frilled shark, the Asian twin fin shark, or the angular rough shark. Which of those is not a real shark? Asian twin fin. Correct. Yeah. Well done. Asian twin fin. That I know for a fact that's a type of massage you get in Thailand. So. Okay. That's well done. Uh, and it is very pleasurable. Yeah, I'm, sure. Okay. I won't go into details. I'm Dale right. from Hello, Seven Dale. Hills. <laughs> Hello. How you going, Mary? Very good, mate. All right. You've had a shark encounter. Tell us your story. I should say, too, um, I've got some tickets to give away uh, for the the final series, uh, GWS, for their game ah. on Saturday. They're playing at Spotless Stadium um, at Homebush. They're yep. playing West Coast Eagles. That will be an outstanding game. Go and see GWS Elimination play. final, yeah. This is it. Do yep. or die. Yeah, that, okay. that game will be dynamite. So I've got some... Not for you, Dale. Don't be so well, presumptuous. it depends. If Dale's calls good, we might give them to him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair call. Right. You're still in the mix there, Dale. That'd be good, Dale. Good on you. You can experience the uh, 2017 Toyota AFL Finals with tickets. They're $35. You can get them at afl.com.au if you want to go. That's just a little bit of detail. Dale, tell us your shark encounter. Uh, basically, when oh, this happened 20 years ago now, I was up the coast uh, up the coast with one of my best mates or just off the coastline of Newcastle itself. Um, we're about 100 metres out from the coastline and we're looking around at the fish. We're doing a bit of snorkeling and a bit of spear, spear fishing. Basically, cut a long story short, I seen like a glimmer go past. Like oh. a shiny glimmer. Mm. And it so happened to be a mako shark. Oh. And, and the mako shark and the great white look very similar, except the mako is like a smaller version of it. Yeah, and bigger eyes. Very, very similar. Yeah. Well, the first time he swam past, I didn't really worry because he swam past nice and gradually didn't really give us a second look. But then he come back again, and um, yes. I've watched a fair few documentaries in my day with sharks, and when they arc their fins, it normally means they're going to have an, they're going to come and sush you out. Mm-hmm. Well, the second time he come back, he he was arced up like he wasn't very happy that we were in his uh, water. So lucky uh, me and my, my best mate used our logic and stuck together because I don't think I'd be here to tell the tale otherwise. No. Oh. It's back you when you're on your own. So me and my best mate said, no matter what, don't separate. We kept no. together and we managed to make it back to shore in one piece, thank God. Mate, that's incredible because you can cover each other's backs. And if you've got spear guns too, at least you've got some sort of uh, form well, of defence. That's what we did. We said yeah. nice and slow and we yeah. did. Basically took it nice and easy and watched. He had my back, I had his back, and we had the guns loaded, ready to go just in case something happened. But yeah, yeah. we're lucky. That's incredible. And, and you can't uh, you can't outswim a Mako shark. Dale, little shark fact here: no, no, Mako shark, fastest shark on the planet. Didn't need to outswim yeah. the Mako shark, man. It's just his mate. No, it just that's it. Yeah. There's only one other fish that's faster than it. It's a sailfish. That's, that's right. Oh, that's geez, exactly Dale, right. Dale, do not Spot encourage me. No, Dale's bloody awesome. Dale, Dale, you are definitely in the running for some tickets. It's going to be hard to beat you. I'm not going to lie because you're a legend. You made me look good. I need that. Tony in Newcastle. Hello, Tony. Yeah, how are you, mate? Good, mate. You've had a shark encounter? 
I uh, was up at Hawksnest, not far from where the other guy was. Yeah. Um, I was out with my young fella. He would have been about 11. I was pushing him in on some waves. And, um, yeah, this lady was walking along the beach, and where Hawksnest is really deep gutters. Mm. And she said, oh, you better come in. I went, oh, straight away, I knew what it was. Anyhow, we get to the edge, and I look left, and this thing's like 14 and a half, maybe 15 foot, oh, about yeah. half the width. Half the width of a car, yep. and I said, "Oh shit!" You know, like, it might have been a whaler. And Harry says, "I'm the young fellow who's going." Oh yeah, no worries. And then I didn't think too much of it. So I walk up. I was pretty shaken by it, but um, <laughs> about a month ago, I was sort of telling someone else's story, and he was there. And I, I said, "Oh, it's probably a great whale or a bronze whale." And he said, "I thought you said it was a whale." <laughs> this thing was like about the size of a bloody submarine. Oh, yeah, they're huge, aren't they? That's not pleasant. And during yeah, it was a whale, or like, do, during it was a whale, or do you think it might have been a pointer? Now, uh, there's heaps of them up there. There's heaps yeah. of great whites. It's like a breeding area. Yeah, so there, there's heaps of it. But um, I don't know. Like it was just massive. Yeah, uh, the width of it. It was just cruising. It was only probably about five meters from the shore. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, they come right in up there. You can have a look on the CSIRO and stuff. It's pretty wild up there. Yeah, no, I don't no need I don't need five metres from the shore, thanks. No. Sorry, you are too close. You're coming into my territory. Mate, you're in the car park at five metres. I'm sorry. You're eating a freaking Chico roll there. Back down. Yeah, too close. Yeah, good story, though, Tony. Good to see that he used his child as a human shield. Mm. Just point that out. Uh, Burly. <laughs> Threw chum oh, in no, the water. No, we didn't. Danny, hello. Hey, fellas. How are you? Very good, good mate. You're in DY. You've probably had a few shark encounters. Oh, yeah, mate. Get them every day down here. Yeah, all right. Far away. Oh, mate, I was surfing with a buddy just down the beach at Dewey, and um, I was actually surfing along the wave and got uh, knocked off my feet and then called my buddy and I said, something weird's going on. And we went in and gave, spoke to the lifeguard and looked at the bottom of the board and there was a jaw mark through the board. No! Oh, fuck! No! And um, I was like, oh, Ooh. I do not want anything to do with this because no, my luck, if it comes out, it will be a wobby gong and I'll get stones thrown at me and march down the street. Yeah, so, um, yeah that's it. So. That's classic Northern Beaches. When you survive a shark attack, you get brutalised by your friends. <laughs> classic <laughs> but, um, Northern Beaches. Yeah, so I went up to the restaurant and I left my board and I heard the shark alarm go off and before I knew it, the streets were like blocked off and Channel 7, 9 and 10 are down there and my board was getting piled up in the air. And Sweet. Kind of You're a big deal. And yeah. Before you knew it, I had to do some interviews the next day about it all and Turned up trolleyed, but yeah, it was an interesting encounter. <laughs> Turned up trolleyed for an interview. That could hardly be any more Northern Beaches if you tried, Danny. Here's a yeah, press opportunity. He... I could get a career in the media. You know what I'll do? Yeah. I'll have a few before I go. Yeah. The boy said it was fraudulent, but um, the shark specialist dude, he made me take my sunnies off on the Today Show, on the morning show, and, um, and he ended up, he, he told me it, by the looks of the teeth marks, it was a juvenile great white. So mm. Mate, oh, great. Turning, yeah. up, turning up with a few under your belt, you would have been right at home on the Today yeah, Show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to outdo yeah, Carl's work. Listen, mate, I'm going to give you the tickets to go and see GWS and their final against the uh, West Coast Eagles at Spotless Stadium this Saturday, mate. Get some mates, go along. It will be a cracking day. Great stadium, really, really well catered for that joint. But remember to drink responsibly, Danny. Oh, of course, waters all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> oh, appreciate it, fellas. Thanks heaps. Good on you, legend. Call. Have a great day. <laughs> See you, champ. Well, if you've ever been to a music festival and you thought, God, 
Grog's a bit expensive here. You wouldn't be the only person. A New Yorker, a guy called Alex and his friends, they went to an extraordinary length to sneak alcohol into a music festival last week. It's called the Electric Zoo Festival on Randall Island. They made the trip uh, several weeks out in advance to the site and buried bottles of vodka in plastic. They poured them into like plastic, um, you know, backpacker style. Mm. You know, those bottles that only backpackers have. Yeah. Backpackers and people who wear... Um, uh, cotton and wool yeah. and no other people who pull their socks up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hippies. Mm. And uh, anyway, they, they put them all into these uh, Nalgene bottles, filled them up and then buried them in the ground. And then they went back to the festival, dug them up, bang, free grog. See, I reckon if you're going to go that far, if you're going to commit yourself and go to those lengths to sneak booze in, you should be allowed to. No, you like, should be. Nah, that's, that's against nah, the law, Liam. Because like, if, you, if you're just trying to sneak it down your back pocket or in your sock or something like that and you get caught with it on the gate on the way in, absolutely, you, you get it confiscated. But if you're prepared to sneak in to the venue weeks in advance to bury something, yep. which means you have to what go you, in there on the day you, and if, dig stuff up. Okay, you haven't thought this through. What if what you want to do is you don't actually, you're, not, you're a non-drinker, Liam, and you don't want to bring in alcohol. You want to bring in a friend or a girlfriend. You take them in three weeks <laughs> earlier, bury them, and then dig them up. Mate, they're dead by that stage. You have not thought that through. They're dead. You've buried them in the ground. They're not yeah. going to live there for three weeks yeah. without food and water and yeah, oxygen. You've got me there, Mez. You have. You've, Mate, you've trumped the, me. You, the thing is, you've rushed that. You've rushed that. You've thought, you haven't thought it through. Anyway, it's not uncommon for people to try and get music festival hacks to try and smuggle something in to try and get uh, grog or, or whatever it is. So I've invited on the show an old mate of mine, Adam Zamet, the former CEO of The Big Day Out. He's on the line now. G'day, mate. How are you? G'day, man. Mate, uh, first of all, uh, you would have seen several attempts at people trying to sneak into The Big Day Out over the years. Yeah, we had uh, <laughs> we saw it all. Uh it helped when we moved the festival in Sydney in particular out to uh, the showground because that's all concrete, so you'd need a jackhammer to bury anything out there anyway. Sure. But, um, but, yeah, we saw, we saw a few classic attempts. I saw a few at other festivals that I'd uh, worked on over the years as well. Um, I mean, there's always... You hear plenty of the uh, drug and smuggling attempts, but that was thwarted a lot by uh, the 3,700 dogs that they put out the front of these festivals Um over the years, and uh, the chaser uh, had a classic skit one year where he put all the sausages down his pants. Yeah. Um, but uh, one classic I remember was uh, a bunch of guys had... Um, it was at a festival at Centennial Park, and they were smart enough. They knew that... They obviously knew that we ran a double fence system, so you've got two lots of fences to get over. Yep. Um, and these guys had got there probably the night... Two night, night before, before the second barrier fence had gone up, and they'd marked on texture the uh, plastic moulded concrete... Um, holders for the fences with text of these on numbers and they put their their drugs um buried it into the grass and the dirt next to these fence holders what they didn't realize was is that about a day before the festival opened uh the promoters decided to actually bring the fence line in 20 meters because the festival <laughs> capacity wasn't that good so they got there and realized their drugs were all sitting about 20 meters outside in the grass somewhere they end up asking for a pass out and uh, the police and security got suspicious and followed them around, and they were on their heads and knees digging around digging in grass, holes. And <laughs> digging holes. And the police were like, "What are you looking for?" They said, "Oh, we've lost our asthma puffer." Uh, anyway, so yeah. the poor bastards probably lost a bit there. What are you guys doing? I'm Steve McQueen. I'm just, I just. <laughs> this is the great escape. Uh, <laughs> and what another a, good one. Yeah, yeah go. no, no, far away. Go. Oh, another one of my favourites was. Uh, when uh, uh, probably 2014, I, um, 2013 maybe, I, I was walking around the grounds during the event. I bumped into this old surfy mate of mine from school. 
And uh, Scotty was, you know, walking around. He had this gigantic big sort of duffel bag over his back. It looked like he had a load of stuff. And I said, oh, what are you doing? He said, oh, g'day, Zamet. Mate, yeah, mate, look, I'm, I'm selling these uh, big doubt stubby coasters, stubby coolers I've made myself. <laughs> I said, and I said, hey, first of all, Scotty, I'm running this place, mate. And you can't sell, can't sell illegal merchandise at the festival. It's like, come on, mate. And I had a look at him, and he's printed last year's artwork over about 400 stubby coolers, so they're completely worthless. Yeah, <laughs> having said that, you bought them back off him for 50 cents each and sold it for $40. So, yeah, I mean, yeah but mate, mate, that's just good business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, what else? What else can you tell oh, us? Oh, mate, look, you know, one guy, uh, one guy at a Melbourne event um, was convinced that you couldn't bring your own food to the festival, so he was actually found with these bulging lumps in his pants, and he'd strapped a bunch of subways down each leg oh. um, for, him and his, for him and his mates thinking, thinking he couldn't bring his own food to the festival. So uh, that was pretty funny just for the side of subways uh, melting in, uh, melting between a guy's crutch <laughs> on a 37-degree day. Yeah, and also, um, too, I think he might have got the order wrong when he heard that women wanted a foot long. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually, that's actually true, man. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, but what, what about people ch- trying to yeah. get into, into events, Sam? With, uh, with yeah, people trying yeah. to, you know, because Liam, my producer, yeah. he's got something he wants to admit well, to you very quickly. Yeah, so I used to work, I was a site runner back at the Adelaide um, event back in the day, and the classic one that we used to see on the day was these people who a couple of kilometres away you could enter via a storm drain and yeah. walk under the venue site and then you yeah. would pop up through a manhole within the concert and the best yeah. thing was that uh, was you'd see one head pop up the so- the man cover hole would uh, move to the side and then there would just be a dozen blokes come sprinting out and it was literally police security chasing as many of them as Unreal. they could. Yeah. And the best thing was, because it was Adelaide, it took everyone about 12 years to cotton onto it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but which stage, kept happening. Yeah, <laughs> but which stage, 11,000 people rolled up one day to do it and the festival had finished <laughs> and they've just gone, what, what do we do now? And they've gone, oh, yeah. I don't know, let's go to Glenelg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took about, seven and a half hours to get in. No, we, had, we had a similar incident uh, with the Sydney uh, big day out. These two poor bastards had um, crawled probably what it would have been for, I reckon, two hours through um, through a reasonably small sewer drain. Oh, um, no. And, um, and I mean proper sewer, right? So trouble is they've popped up right at a security um, checkpoint uh, and they've pulled the manhole cover and these poor guys have come out. They've called... It's called the promoters. Everyone's gone over there and just gone, mate. For that effort, come on in, you know. Oh. But we gave we gave them free showers and everything to get the shit off them. But um, but, but mate, they had, they, had, they, had a cra- they had a cracking time. The fence jumpers, fence jumpers, and you know, and and guys trying to cheat the ticket price were um were classics. One guy in particular. I mean, the, the best way to get into a festival if you're going to jump a fence is you go along with about thirty mates and you work the law of averages and you rush the fence at the same time. Yep. And at least ten of you are going to get through. So you sacrifice the weaker ones as uh, as uh, human <laughs> yeah. society dictates yeah. for the stronger boys. Always so, travel uh, with a bunch of fatties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that why I'm your mate, man? Um, <laughs> anyway, so this, these guys, one guy got over. Now, these, every security was on this guy because he's running around. He looked a bit crazy. It was a pretty, it was a pretty skinny little whippet. So he was racing around, ducking, jumping over other fences. We're all chasing him around. Everyone gets in on this chase. Finally, he takes a wrong right-hand turn. And he's gone straight into Limp Biscuit's compound. Um, and, and, and apart from the fact that Fred Durst was a complete tool, so he was going to probably have his ear talked off for seven and a half hours. But there was, 
But they, but they, they would take. They had these WWF wrestlers as security guards at the time, so everyone just saw him go into there and just went, "All right, that's job done," and left him alone. <laughs> and no one ever saw him again. And he's, he's probably in the band now. <laughs> and that's his punishment. Yeah, yeah exactly. They made him join. It's got, that's that's punishment enough. Adam Zamet, former CEO of the Big Day Out, mate. Thanks for all those tips for all the punters there to get into festivals and check the system. No problem. Good luck. Been great to have your company today, Sydney. Of course, over the weekend was a huge weekend for local council elections, including our very own Merrickville Council. I wonder what the wash-up is from the election. Boys! Hey! Well done. We did it! We won! We're back for another turn. Merrickville Council! Hey, what's with the the shocked-looking face? I told you we're going to win the election. Well, honestly... I'm a little shocked. He sure is. He even accepted another job because he thought you had no chance. What? Is that true? Yeah, look, the numbers were not looking good and it is nothing short of a miracle that you won. So, yeah, I, I had to look around for another job. With who? Oh, he's not going to like it when you say Clover Moore. With who? Clover Moore. What the shit? What as? A tram driver? No, no. A beaded necklace jewellery manufacturer? No, no. A Jeffrey Edelston lookalike makeup artist? All right, now you're just getting personal. I needed to keep my options open. What about you? Did you keep your options open as well? No, I don't have any options. Good. Look, it doesn't matter anyway. We're back in power and I've got huge plans for Merrickville over the next few years. You sure do. What are they? A pool. I'm going to build a pool. Actually, that's quite a good idea. Merrickville Aquatic Centre has been a health hazard for years. I once did a poo in that pool while people were swimming. That's not uncommon for kids. It was in January. Oh, okay. Well, now I understand the limit of your options. As for you, pick up the phone and tell Clover Moore that you're staying at Merrickville and she can shove her job up at Pashmina. I think that might be illegal, boss. A Pashmina is a type of jumper. Oh, okay, because I thought it meant... No, stop talking. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. And be a Merrickvillian. Uh, Merrickvillite. Merrickvilleman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9. Triple M.